What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. This is going to be the episode that we recorded to make up for missing last Tuesday. This is the recruiting episode. It was originally scheduled to drop late last Friday night, uh, but we recorded so late into the day Friday, and then it got so close to Saturday that we decided to wait and drop it over the weekend. Uh, sorry if it's got to you on Monday, but we did get it out there to you. A couple things have happened since we recorded, and I wanted to recap those. So Kentucky did offer five-star center Jalen Duran, uh Sunday night, 6'9", 220-pound product out of Montverde, Florida, plays for Montverde Academy, a 2022 uh, recruit. Five-star, he's rated nationally the number two player in the 24-7 sports composite, so a big-time Offer for Kentucky basketball for 2022. Uh, Derek and I didn't get a chance to talk about that because it, we haven't recorded an episode since that news broke, but I wanted to make sure I plugged that in here before we got into the recruiting part of the episode. But Derek and I will talk about that on Monday's episode. Also, Sky Clark did confirm that he will announce his commitment this week. We talk about Sky Clark in this episode along with Hunter Salas, Damian Collins, and all the other uh, Kentucky basketball targets for 2021 and 2022. But let's go ahead and jump into that interview. Yeah, uh, very thankful for everybody who's tuned in for most of these episodes. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's listened to every single one. And if you have, we uh, greatly appreciate it. This has been a, it's been a lot of fun. And it's uh, something I enjoy every day. And I look forward to getting on here and giving some thoughts on things. And whether you guys agree or disagree, I always appreciate uh, people tuning in. Yeah, and this is our makeup episode for having to miss Tuesday. Was it? Yeah, Tuesday was the day that we didn't have an episode where schedules didn't line up for us. So we decided that to make up for it, we're going to give you a 15-minute episode of nothing but basketball talk, basketball recruiting. Derek, let's let's start at the top with this too. The NCAA Division One Council. It now there's. The same way football and fall sports student-athletes got that blanket waiver, that additional year of eligibility, winter sports are getting the same. Now, at a place like Kentucky, how much of an impact does that have? Maybe, I mean, because wh- whoever uses their entire eligibility at Kentucky, maybe walk-ons or in-state players, yeah. but, I mean, does this mean Dante Allen technically, he redshirted last year, but he's still, does he get his freshman year back too? Is that how that works? Could he be yeah. a three-year freshman? Yeah, that's my understanding if it's the same as it was for football. And I uh, think that's big for a guy like him coming off injuries and everything, that he technically gets two years that, that are kind of throwaway, and now he'll be a freshman again next year. Yeah, I think for him it is it is a good thing. Uh, I honestly think, though, this ruling means less for the Kentucky basketball program 
men's basketball program than any other team in any other sport because there have been, what, two kids, three kids? Poitras, I guess, was the other one, who Poitras, Willis, and Hawkins, right? Those are the only three kids who have finished their eligibility who were signed, like scholarship guys. So it, I think those gals will – no one will take advantage of this rule. But it could mean a lot for the league, though. I mean, it could be some other teams in the SEC, some other UK opponents who – you know, you have to deal with a more veteran team, whereas Kentucky, you're probably going to stay pretty young throughout the rest of this thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think this really impacts Kentucky a lot. I don't think it impacts the powers in college basketball a lot. But it's good to see that the NCAA understands the times and it's given these kids an option, you know, to at least redeem that year and have it. Uh, The other news, Derek, too, so moving on to recruiting, uh, Kentucky extended an offer to Tower Hero 2.0. I mean, the the last Wisconsin kid to get an offer from Kentucky, it obviously worked out. He was playing in the NBA Finals, breaking playoff records for rookies, like breaking Miami Heat playoff records. Uh, Kentucky extended an offer to three-star guard Brandon Podzimski Wednesday night. Derek came out of nowhere. What did you think about that when you saw that pop up on your Twitter timeline? Well, I had to verify it to see if it was – you know, I had to look the kid up because I hadn't heard about him. Then I saw he was a 21 kid, and I was like, wow, I mean, that's someone totally off the radar. I thought maybe it might have been a featured class. But I think he was ranked like 286 in the 24-7 composite, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I don't remember where Jackson Hayes was in the rankings when Kentucky offered him, but this has got to be probably be pushing the lowest-rated kid they've yeah. offered, right? It has, especially under John Calipari, it has to be because uh, it came out of nowhere. He actually plays from Wisconsin. He plays for the Nike EYBL team that Tower Hero sponsors. It's Team Hero, and and Derek, that's the instant the instant comparison to Hero because they're from Wisconsin. Uh, He's six six, and he plays for Team Hero, and. It came out of nowhere. I had no idea who this kid was. I'm not going to lie to you. I had never heard of him before. And then you start turning on game film. He averaged 27.3 points, 9.4 rebounds, 3.7 steals, and 3.6 assists per game last year in high school. I mean, good numbers. Uh, What do you think about it? it? Is it a change in the way Cal's doing things? Well, considering he got offered by Kansas yesterday, so he gets Kentucky-Kansas offers back-to-back. I assume this is a kid who's poised for a huge jump in the rankings, and maybe he would have been a kid, had this, had the normal spring and summer circuit still been going on, maybe he would have already have been a kid who had blown up and would have known about. I think I saw the day Kentucky offered him, he had just scored like 33 in a game, eight rebounds, something like that. I might have his stats wrong, but I, I, it does feel like a – you would think just based on his ranking, like a multi-year type prospect. But uh, you've seen before <laughs> anybody at UK who you think maybe will be here a couple of years for whatever reason they're not. Either they are very good and they get to go to the pros or uh, they kind of get lost in the shuffle and transfer. I don't know what the case will be for this kid. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to end up being a four-star prospect, certainly, though, if he keeps getting these kind of offers. Also makes me think maybe they wouldn't have offered him if they didn't think, uh, like we've said before, with, I mean, even elite kids like Bryce Hawkins, for example, like typically Kentucky only offers when they feel like they're probably going to get the kid. So maybe this was a deal, especially I'm sure Hero had some kind of plugging to do with this. This is probably a kid. I would, this is just my opinion. I don't have this confirmed anywhere, 
uh, I would think he's probably told them he would very likely take this offer if he was if it was extended to him. And that's the thing that I was about to get at is this wasn't their first line of communication. This wasn't the first time they talked. Cal does not just call a kid and say, hey, you have a scholarship offer. So this had been something, Derek, that Cal and the staff had probably been filling out for a few weeks now. And I guess, too, when you follow it with a Kansas offer the next day, when you're a Kentucky fan and you see that he's a three-star, you know, you instantly think, well, you know, what are you going to do with the three-star? But then Kansas follows it. Does it kind of validate what Kentucky did offering this kid? For sure. Uh, and maybe that's just Kansas uh, trying to keep up or whatever. My guess is that will not be the last kind of elite school no. to offer this young man. But uh, a left-handed shooter as well, I saw in his highlight film. That's always a, a sweet-looking thing. I like seeing lefties out there. I, you know, it's uh, – it's interesting. I mean, for sure. I don't know how good the kid is or isn't. I've never seen him play. But if you go off his rankings, he was not someone who was considered to be an elite-type kid. So we'll see. Uh, I've, I've kind of been hitting the drum that they need to look at more kids like this. So I'm not going to – I mean, I can't have it both ways. I can't be like, well, this kid is no good. Why are they offering him? But in order to get some of those multi-year kids, like if they think he's a good project who could be here a few years, I think it's a really smart move on Cal's part. I do too. I think it is, and it was interesting that it is 21, you know, where they're they're after Hunter Salas and, you know, Jaden Hardy and these guys. Uh, I don't know what it means. I think that we'll have to watch, but, Derek, uh, it could be something here. Signing day coming up in the next month, you have to think that Kentucky's looking at this and saying, let's get as many guys signed as we can now because you just – with COVID and stuff, it's been such a weird year recruiting. They didn't have the grassroots circuit to – you know, evaluate and extend offers. We we saw those offers go out in July. One of those guys that got an offer was Bryce Hopkins, who decommitted from Louisville. Derek, we actually were looking, not just us, everybody on the UK beat, I think, was looking for Hopkins to probably already be committed by now. And then it comes out October 20th, and then that's not even, that date's not even set. But I do think that we're nearing a decision with him, and there's no way that I don't think this goes into November with him. No, I think you'll see him commit to Kentucky pretty soon. That's where the crystal ball is heading on 24-7. A lot of guys, Eric Bossy, a new hire for 24-7, has Kentucky as the pick. It sounded like, actually, Sean, it wasn't really a team we were talking about a whole lot, but it sounded like Providence was the team to beat right there for Kentucky, yeah. which was interesting. And, instead of Illinois. Yeah. So it looks like Kentucky's going to land that commitment. So – an interesting case, of course, that's a kid who was supposed to be going to Louisville, and then they committed from there, and Kentucky jumped on pretty quick. We both thought – we thought to Corey Evans, who's now with Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. We all thought that would be a pretty quick recruitment once Kentucky offered back in August, right? I think August, maybe early September, but I think it was August. And uh, here we are in mid-October. It still hasn't committed, but I think this one's coming to an end, and it's going to be uh, in UK's favor. I think so, too. I think that uh, that'll be a guy that'll be in Kentucky's recruiting class joining Nolan Hickman. It's It's been so quiet since Nolan Hickman committed. How big is that commitment now, Derek, that they at least have a guy in that class that we're into October? But this is the time of year, though, where we see years where Kentucky waits till the spring. Like, we've had, we've had classes where I think Maxie's class, Maxie was the one guy for the longest time, and then they've sort of finished it up in the spring with Keon Brooks and some others. But some of Cal's best classes are usually intact by signing day with a lot of their top guys. And do, do you think – let me ask you this. 
How many guys will be in this signing class when Kentucky basketball plays their first game of the season the week of November 25th? We have They have one. I'm going to say there'll be four. Uh, uh, I was going to say three for 21. I was going to say Podzimski, um, Hickman, obviously, and then Hopkins. It was your fourth. I would lean Salas. Like, I just uh, – I think yeah, that he I think could pull the trigger. Commit, but I think he's going to be a spring guy. That would be my you guess. Think so? Yeah. I, I think three is the safest bet. I think I think for sure that they they will have three, and I think it obviously is the, the two that you name. But uh, Scott Clark also has a decision day set for October 22nd. Make of that what you want. Uh, we don't really know exactly – you know what Sky's going to do. I know there's a lot of North Carolina buzz. There's Kentucky buzz. Derek, I think there's a chance, though, that he could stick in 22 initially, wherever he commits. Obviously, reclassification is going to be on the table for him all the way through the spring, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's some flexibility there. I, I agree with you. I think whenever he makes his decision, he'll say he's in in 22. Unless it's North Carolina, I think. If he commits to North Carolina, he's for sure reclassifying, whereas I think it might be up in the air a little bit more for Kentucky. I mean, if he commits to UK, it gives him – if he's not made his mind up yet, I think it gives him some more time to see how things play out with Kentucky. Because, I mean, he could reclassify all the way up to what, like next summer, right? I mean, he could make the decision then, or am I wrong there? I think you're right there. Yeah, you're right. Although, I mean, as long as – I mean, he has to get his schoolwork done, obviously. Yeah, he, and, but, but he could well, do all of that probably and be closer, be on the path. He could probably be on that path right now to get it done. Um, I still think we've said it many times on here. The best case for Kentucky would seem to be to be able to keep him in 22. Because if he comes in 21, I, I don't know. Like, Sean, do they offer this Podzimski kid another guard if they think Sky's going to reclassify? I, I don't think so. I, I hope I'm the saying thing. his name right. Uh, I, I hope I'm saying his name right, Sky. too. But Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I think Sky, every time that I've talked to Sky's dad, he's been so big on, you know, Sky staying in 22. And because he wants to play with his brother and he wants to play with family, which a lot of people want to do, Derek. I mean, you had a brother close with you in high school that I'm sure it means a lot when you have a sibling, you want to play with them. Yeah, no question. Uh, I mean, if, if that's a driving force, then I'll we'll never fault the kid because that might be the last time he ever gets to play competitive sports with his brother. Uh, I don't know UK's preference on that. Honestly, I don't. I mean, we'll see. This seems like a – kind of a true like with Hopkins it's it seems like yeah UK's had to fight to get them but it seems like they're kind of in the driver's seat whereas now with Sky like you could hear a lot of different opinions <laughs> as to where this kid's gonna go and we're six days out I'm sure it's still not really clear where it's gonna be although Kentucky for a long time was perceived as like a lock and now it, as he goes into it it doesn't feel that way as much no it doesn't um when you look at these guys though and we haven't mentioned Damian Collins they're clear uh when you look at his recruitment, Kentucky's kind of the outlier there. They're the only school that's not in the Big 12 in that area of the country, you know, that he's from with, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, and those schools there. What do you what do you make of his recruitment? Who's that? Damian Collins. Sorry about that. I was going to make a point because I was reading uh, – it seemed like Podzimski and his buddies were a lot more excited about the Kentucky offer than the Kansas offer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, when you play for Team Hero, you're kind of yeah. excited about that, right? Yeah. Uh, not that I'm, I'm not trying to say he wasn't excited about Kansas. He retweeted a lot of Kansas tweets as well, but he pretty much retweeted everything he got regarding Kentucky. 
as in regards to Collins, I don't see it happening for Kentucky. I'm still going to say Texas wins out in that recruitment. I'm not sure if we ever got clarity on if UK was really allowed to recruit him because of that weird thing with uh, Jay Lucas, but that was always kind of described as going to be a tough sell for Kentucky just because he was so kind of entrenched with you know, Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. And it seemed like it was a lock. If had Jay stayed, he would probably already been signed or committed to Texas by now. So I'm sure UK put in a pretty good effort. I guess you never say never, but probably would have helped them as well if kids were allowed to visit because you could get them on campus. I have no doubt that Kentucky's presentation would be much better than a Texas or an Oklahoma in basketball. And I think you could maybe sway a kid if you got that chance. But the same deal for a lot of football recruits. I think they're just going to go where they're familiar this year. And uh, his real familiarity with Kentucky is Jay. And I'm just I'm not sure that's going to be a strong enough pull at this point. Yeah, and, and we talked about, you know, Scott Clark a moment ago with staying in 22. When it all comes down to it, Derek, I think he moves to 21. I just – you don't see – the reclassification talk has been around his name for so long. It's very rare when a player has it around their name that long that they stay with their original class or with their class. I, I just think that he's a reclass. I don't think he needs another year of high school basketball. So that decision to me is huge whenever he decides to announce. If it's Kentucky, I, I would feel confident, honestly, that he would be on Kentucky's roster next year. And if it's North Carolina, I would feel really confident that he would be on North Carolina's roster next next season as well. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one to call. I mean, again, I kind of get caught up on the numbers with UK's guards and who they've offered and extending new offers to guards. It just makes me think, I don't know. I, that's just the way I perceive it, and I could totally be wrong. I just don't feel like they're expecting Clark in this class if they continue to offer. And I know this other kid, uh, Podzimski, is not a point guard, and he's six foot six shooting guard, six foot five, whatever he is. And, you know. I don't know. I mean, I think best case, like I said, best case is they can keep Clark in 22 because you could kind of see who leaves, who stays, and then you'll have him um, coming in, kind of a fresh option for them. So we'll see. Have, have we forgot anybody? I think we've pretty much hit on all these recruits the most recent. We, we have on the ones to watch here in the near future with what's coming up with the, the fall signing period and everything. Uh, a guy like Salas, Derek, He's obviously the elite of the elite of this yeah. bunch when it comes to instant impact being a possible star. I think he's making a push to be the number one point guard, honestly, in the class. That's the kind of jump he's made. How, how significant is it for them to get a guy like him? I mean, where Jaden, the Hardy name is sort of, it's so far gone and removed now that you don't really hear fans really asking a lot about it and where he's going to end yeah. up. At this point, I would say it's not Kentucky, just given the recent buzz and the offers that they're extending. Salas is a piece in the spring if that's when it happens or if things change and he decides to co to commit and sign early. That's a guy they need. That's that's the headliner of the class. All John Calipari's best classes have that guy. Yeah, Salas is for sure the top dog left to get. Um, I, I guess technically if Clark reclassifies, he'd be the another five-star that they would have. Well, I mean – you saw Askew, he was a five-star in his class, then reclassified and got docked to a four-star once he got put in with the other kids in that class. So you're right, though. Salas is like the headliner at this point, and everybody feels pretty good, it sounds like. Uh, it seems like UK is the leader for him. And But if he goes to April or whatever before he makes a decision, I, I, really, be. 
I'm going to go ahead and say this. I really think that he makes his his decision in the fall. Like I I think that he will if it I think he goes to Kentucky. That, that my personal pick is Kentucky, and I think he's a part of Kentucky's class before they play their first game this season. Like I just I just see it. I just see that there's that spot there. I think Kentucky has pushed and pushed and pushed. Now that could change, but mm-hmm. my pick will be the fall. And I think I think Ben Roberts. I'm pretty sure I, I think I read his mailbag like a week or so ago, and he was talking about Salas. And I think he is under the impression too, or believes personally, that Salas could decide pretty soon. Well, it'd be good news, I think, for Kentucky. I mean, of course, you, like you said, a lot of these classes, a lot of Cal's best classes. That seems like more in recent years. Now, back in his early days, a lot of kids committed in the spring once they kind of saw who was coming, and who was going. But like. I think of the class with Bam, like pretty much that whole class was signed in, by November, right? So if if they could get a class with Salas and Hopkins and Hickman, I mean, you find a hard spot. It's kind of hard to see Sky fitting into all that in 21 yeah. when you already have Hickman and Salas. But weirder things have happened, Derek, and I'm sure that uh, – We'll we'll have uh, we'll have opinions on it as it all plays out. We should have a lot of basketball recruiting news though over the next month. There should be a lot of these episodes. Yeah, there should be. I was just thinking. My last point I'll make before we wrap this up is, assuming Clark and Boston go pro, which everybody expects they will, the roster makeup next year, if most of those other kids return, like you will have a roster pretty much full of four star players, with a couple of five stars maybe sprinkled in, and I don't know what that. It's just going to look different, I guess. Like, you'll have more veterans for Kentucky, guys who are not a freshman, basically. Who knows how he'll work the transfer wire. I would be stunned if UK does not have a transfer from somewhere out next year on its team, maybe more than one. I don't know. But that's going to be a different change, though, Sean, from where some of these teams would have five, six five-star guys who maybe they're a year, whereas you have multi-year guys who are high four-stars. I think that they're recruiting and they're targeting – sort of a change in how they shape out this roster based on I think they expect a lot of guys back from this current roster that I think that that's impacting that maybe they're looking that they don't really necessarily have to go get the top 10 top 15 guys like they typically would I think they're looking to feel honestly I think John Calipari as he's getting older is honestly adapting a little bit Derek which is something that a lot of people have criticized Cal for not doing in with like with his offensive approach, like that side of Cal, I don't think is going to change. But I think that he understands the way this works so well. He's the best at it for a reason. He's always the first to try something different. And I think that he's looking at the way he shapes these rosters, where they uh, a possible Devin Askew coming back next year or a Lance Ware, and some guys like that. Isaiah Jackson, we have no idea. This season's so different with the way these kids are going to be evaluated. There's not going to be as much in person, like the NBA, the combine thing that they do on campus. That's not happening, I don't think. So it's going to change the way that these kids are viewed. I think that that could be the reason why you're seeing some of these offers, like a, a Podzim, uh, uh, what's his name? Podzimski, is that how you say yeah. it? I just try, I'm trying not to mess his name up. And if we have him on the show at some point, I, and I did, you know, send him a message the other night. It was uh, getting some info on his recruitment, things like that. I will make sure that I say his name correctly, but this has been another episode of Kentucky daily. We'll catch you next time.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.